Hey, FM Radio listeners, this is your host, Melissa Goncalves, and I have the first episode of 2020 on FEM Radio for you right now. So I'm recording this episode in my apartment in my living room section, aka I live in the city, so my living room is, my dining room is my kitchen, so I'm pretty much just in my apartment. And I have my little dog here by my side, my little Sophie, my mini golden doodle. So if you at any point in time hear some pitter patter on the floor, that would be my dog. I had to take her little squeaky toy away because I I heard that was going to be a distraction during this episode. And me squeaking the toy just now has uh, created a bit of a ruckus. So I wanted to get on this episode and really just have a one-on-one connection with my listeners. Thank you all for listening in 2019. I truly feel like I don't do nearly enough to deserve the repeat listens that I get week after week, the new um, listeners that I get, the new feedback that I receive. So thank you so much for remaining consistent, even though in the past two years, I haven't been consistent with you. So I promise that's going to change. 2020 is a huge year for me, um, mainly because I like the number 2020. (laughs) So I think it's going to be a good year and I think it's going to be a great year for Femme Radio. So stick with us, stay tuned. And yeah, so today we're just going to go over like a holiday recap. I'm going to tell you what I did over the holidays, Um, go through some frequently asked questions. I get a lot of Um, you know, not a lot of DMs, but a lot of the same DMs from people asking for specific information on, you know, certain things that I feel like I could probably just answer in one episode. So I'm going to give it to you straight. Um, and then we're going to go through just like some quick things about like what to expect for 2020, you know, what's coming from Femme Radio, um, what you guys can expect from us and what you should hold me accountable for. Um, because as much as 2020 is going to be an incredible year, it's also going to be the year of accountability and taking, you know, responsibility for yourself and responsibility for what you want out of your life and, and what you're dreaming about and, and making those dreams come true. So here we go. Without further ado, let's get into it. So over the holidays, like in early December, I sort of thought to myself, okay, I need to get my system like back in check. I need to get healthy. I need to start, you know, just getting back on a routine. I could see myself really falling after Thanksgiving and like slowly but surely just struggling to get back in the swing of things as it pertains to my health. And I'm definitely one of those people that's like super, super prone to weight gain. And when the weight gain happens, I sort of start to feel not like myself. I get stressed. I take it out on other people. So it was really important to me to get back on track, get a routine established. So at the beginning of December, I decided I wanted to do Whole30, um, mainly because of health reasons. I was having sort of a weird reaction to dairy, a weird reaction to gluten. So I felt like the Whole30 would be a really good place to start. So I told myself that I would cut out dairy and any type of wheat products and and gluten products. Um, And then, of course, splurge on the holidays. I mean, I am who I am. I 
eat a lot. I love food and Christmas is one of my most favorite holidays. So I couldn't possibly imagine not being able to enjoy it with my family over the meals that they are all enjoying. Call it what you want. This was an excuse. I just wanted to eat lasagna and bread. I mean, I'm Portuguese and we literally have the best bread on the planet. And there's like multiple memes out there that are literally like, you know, your friend is Portuguese if she has a bread, a piece of bread in her hand in every meal, like at every meal. And that couldn't be more true as it pertains to me. So I, you know, first I made an excuse and I told myself that I would be able to eat whatever I wanted on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day as well. So I felt like that was a really good way to ease myself into eating better um, while still being able to like enjoy myself throughout the holiday season. So long story short, if anyone has any good recipes, any good recommendations on dairy-free, gluten-free foods, please send them my way. I mean, there's only so much chicken one girl can possibly eat. So <laughs> I'm always looking for variations on things like please. And if you're listening and you are someone who does have these types of dairy res- diet restrictions and you have a significant other who does not have those dietary restrictions, let me know what you're making that is sort of universal for the both of you so that I can continue to do what I love, which is cooking, but also not having to cook twice for both people in my household. Um, Yeah, so that was my food part of my holiday. But then, of course, there was the holiday itself, um, which was amazing. I love being home with my family. Um, They're truly just the best people in the world. My mom and dad, my brother. I just love being at home. Like I feel like you know that you're at ease when you can just sit in a room and do absolutely nothing and just be genuinely happy. And that's really what my holidays consisted of. I just literally sat in my living room, watched Peaky Blinders with my brother, and that was pretty much everything. Um, But we said going into the holidays, like my family, everybody, we were like, we're not going to splurge on gifts this year. We're all getting older. We all have things that we want to do and things that we want to achieve. And spending money on gifts is just like, it's wasteful. So my brother is getting married next year in November, November 2020. So this year, technically. Um, and I, I just knew that it, like I want to save all of my money and my funds for when that happens. And he and his fiance, you know, decided the same thing. So I did, of course, in, you know, me being me, buy a few things here and there for certain people. Um, but I didn't go too crazy. And then, of course, um, I'm just like surfing the Internet and I see a post about Celine Dion coming to the Barclays Center, which long story short, my mother, me and my mom are like diehard fans of Celine Dion. And I'm just like, I like eat, sleep and breathe Celine Dion. I bow down to her, kiss the floor she walks on. So when I found out that she's going to be at the Barclays Center, I immediately said to myself, I need to get these tickets. So my mom doesn't like doing anything without my dad. And my dad does love my heart will go on. So I bought three tickets to Celine Dion because obviously I have to go to. Um, and that was definitely a dent in the wallet, but well worth it because my mom is so, so hyped for it. And I don't think I've ever gotten her a gift where she's actually like excited. Um, of course she did tell me I spent too much money, which is just, you know, in her nature, but we're really excited to go. And she's just been an artist that for years I was like, 
if I don't see Celine Dion in concert before I die, like it's been a wasted life. So <laughs> it's a bucket list item and we're super, super excited for it. Another really cool thing that happened over the holidays was that my boyfriend's mother actually came over for Christmas Eve, which was so amazing. I've never had a significant other share a holiday with me in my life. Um, and typically, you know, in the past it's been because I have never wanted to leave my family for holidays. Um, so I've never wanted to ask that of my significant other. Um, but this year it just made sense and it was so awesome to have her there and to really just see like two different families coming together and experiencing that and of course my brother's fiance's family was there as well and it just seemed like a real mix of just awesome people and and spending so much time together eating great food laughing um it just it was the best christmas eve i could have possibly asked for and of course, my little cousin, who's three years old, came dressed as Santa and he was handing out all of the gifts under the tree to everybody. And it's just it's cool to see so many different generations of people celebrating the same holiday and being able to see the excitement of children and how amazed they are at just like all the gifts under the tree. And my little cousin was just like, oh, my God, is this one mine? Is this one mine? And it was it was really sweet. So. I'm glad that that we were able to all enjoy that together and and share a nice, safe and and healthy holiday. And then of course on New Year's Eve, I, you know, stayed in. We didn't want to spend too much money going out somewhere. Um so one of our friends had an apartment party in Harlem. We went up there, cooked some food, had a little potluck style meal. Um yeah, and then we we came home and I spent $0 except on Uber, which was $30 and that was honestly well worth it because it would have taken me forever via subway so we enjoyed our holidays and I hope that you all did as well I would love to hear your stories anything funny that happened during the holiday season please share um, I think it's always so good when like families come together after not being together for so long and, and spending that one day of the year you can literally hear my dog chewing her food she is so ridiculous she goes to her bowl, and I guarantee you so many of your dogs probably do this. She goes to her bowl, grabs like a mouthful of food, and then comes and chews it right in your face. Is this a golden doodle thing? Because I can't quite figure it out. Like she literally, it's almost as if she's saying like, ha ha, I get the kibble and you don't. I, I have to post a video of this on the page. Um, but moving on to important things. <laughs> So I get a lot of questions about how to start a podcast and I actually am super hyped that like I have been able to help people get a podcast off the ground. I myself am constantly learning the things that I do are not by any means the best way to do it. I'm not a professional podcaster. I'm just a 28 year old from Long Island that wanted to share stories of females. Like this is not by any means, you know, I'm certainly not Joe Rogan, but I do think it's really important that when you've learned things and when you've tried things to really share those lessons with others. So if people DM me at all to figure out how I did it or like what, you know, can, what pushed me in this direction to share stories via a podcast, I always respond. Um, I think that that's important to really share the things that you've learned so that 
people don't make the same mistakes you did or if you did make a mistake or you couldn't figure something out that you let them know so that they can have that opportunity to figure that out and to really um, you know jump over the hurdle that you were unable to to jump over um, so I guess in order to answer the story to answer the question of like how to start a podcast I'll tell you how I started mine and then you can you know infer from there how you want to start your own. Um, so for me, it was really important that I not spend much money to get it off the ground. One, because I also still felt a little imposter syndrome, you know, who would want to hear from me? What do I even have to share with everybody? So I wanted to be able to almost give myself a back out plan. Um, you know, if I didn't spend a lot of money, then I wouldn't be so hesitant quitting, essentially, which sounds bad. But in my mind, that's that's what helped me, you know, continue to move forward is that there was nothing riding on it. No one had given me money to start. No one had, um, you know, really pressured me into it. These were all the things that like I wanted to do and a lot of the things that I researched on my own. So I'm lucky because my dad plays the accordion. So if you've listened to earlier episodes, I shared how I stole like one of his microphones and that was essentially how I started recording. Um, So, you know, there's the recording of the podcast, there's the editing of the podcast, and then there's actually the posting of the podcast and then getting it routed through to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So what I did first, of course, was, you know, record. I wanted to see if I would sound good. I wanted to see if maybe um, the content that I would have would be, um, you know, something I'd be comfortable sharing with listeners. So I, you know, stole his microphone one day and I literally called him when I was at my apartment and I was like, hey, by the way, (laughs) you don't have your white microphone anymore because I have your white microphone. So I hope you're not looking for it. Um, and he was totally cool with it. It, you know, he was more like, "What are you like? What are you, what is a podcast? What are you doing?" Um, and I was like, "Oh, you'll see one day. Like, I'll show you when I when I release the first episode." So I stole his microphone and I started googling um, how to, um, you know, how to record. Like, what are desktops that will record um, desktop applications that will record. Um, you speaking. And before that, I did see one, um, there was someone from my college, his name is Travoy Pointer, and he probably doesn't even know that he gave me any advice whatsoever, but shout out to Travoy. Um, I actually DM'd him one day because he had a podcast and he was releasing, um, I'm not certain if he had a podcast or if he was just making like a lot of recorded videos at that point, um, and recorded audio. And I was just like, how do you, how do you do this? Like, what is step one? How, like, how are you recording your, your voice and, and, you know, making these videos and releasing these episodes? And, um, he essentially was like, oh, I do it all on my phone. So you can record it through like the anchor app. You can record it on your phone and it's perfect. Like you don't really need, it doesn't need to be anything more than this, especially when you're just starting out. So like, don't think too much into it. And that's pretty much what I ran with, um, except that I didn't want to do it on my phone. I wanted it to be on my desktop. I, I wanted it to be on the computer itself. So I started Googling desktop applications and I came across a program called Audacity and it was a free download. Um, so I downloaded it for free and I've been recording all of the sessions on there ever since. Um, it's super easy to, you know, 
understand and, and very easy to like clip things together so I can copy and paste my intro beat into it and just like shift and move things around. I can overlap certain clips so that it sounds more seamless. I can delete really easily. Um, so it's very user friendly in my opinion. Again, I'm, I'm PC based. So Max might have a lot more programs internally that are free that you can use to do these things. Like I know a lot of people use GarageBand for their podcasts and I've heard really great feedback back there, but I am a PC user. So for me, I use Audacity or I used Audacity. This is how I started the podcast. Now I do things a little differently. Um, but for those of you who maybe don't have a father who's a musician playing an accordion at home and has a microphone readily available, um, you can just go on Amazon and buy a $25, $30 microphone, which to be honest, I did um, because I wanted to give microphones to my guests so I wanted it to be like a two microphone setup but the more that I looked into it I just didn't want to make that investment when I um, was pretty confident that I was going to be moving into a recording studio relatively soon um, I might have to make that investment in the future for the full setup for two mics um, if I t if I intend on traveling and doing recordings um, but for now I just record in a studio at this point, so the you know two microphone setup isn't really necessary for me. So I apologize that I don't have that information yet. Um, but when I do get all that information, you'll be the first to know, and I will gladly share it. Um, so what I did, I went on Amazon and I bought it's the brand is called One by One, and it's a USB microphone. But you can literally just search uh, microphones like podcast microphones. Um, and they will come up, um, for me, because I do record from my computer and it's connected to audacity. I use a USB input. So the microphone has a USB that I just plug right into, um, my laptop and it records directly onto the computer, which is super, super easy. Um, and that's actually what I'm recording with on, um, right now. So I'm recording on that microphone right now. Um, I think the white microphone that my, that I, um, stole from my father is actually on the way out. RIP. It really had a, a great run, but unfortunately it's, it's an, I think it's a dub for my white microphone. So yeah, so you can always find every piece of information on Google. So recording it again, I use audacity just to round out this portion. I use audacity, um, the desktop app. I plug in my USB microphone. I hit the record button on audacity and it records everything. And then I make sure during each episode that I save a million and one times, um, because that could be tragic. You put all this work in and then the episode is gone forever. Okay, so that is essentially how I record the episodes. Um, editing is very different. Um, in the beginning, I was super nitpicky and just very, very, like, I don't know what was wrong with me. Like, if I heard even a remote sniffle, I was cutting it out. It was taking me hours to edit 30-minute episodes I was just really OCD with them. I wanted it to be perfect and I would like freak out. I would listen to the episodes multiple different times and then like, 
you know, even after I would post it, I would be like, oh, it wasn't good enough. Like I, I should have done this. I should have done that. Um, and then over time, I started listening to more podcasts um, from other hosts. And I'm talking like I was listening to like how I built this and how I built this like is one of my favorite podcasts. And um, I just started listening to it this year and it was really cool to almost hear how like comfortable the guests were like they would laugh and and they you know weren't always they're not always the most eloquent speakers and that's okay and you don't have to cut out every single like and every single um that they say and it just really made me realize that I was thinking too much into it and that the things that I was hearing guests you know, aren't hearing about themselves and the listeners aren't hearing either. And it made me relax a little bit more and, and post more, um, sort of organic content without being so chopped up. Um, so I try to do that more often now. I just will take the episode for what it's worth. And the only thing I ever cut out is something that a guest is not comfortable with. So if, we ever have a conversation on the recorded episode and a guest says something that they really don't feel like they should have said or maybe they feel like is off brand, um, you know, and it doesn't make them feel good about the overall episode, I'll cut it out. Um, and I tell every guest that before we even record, like, you know, be comfortable with me because at the end of the day, this is your episode and I want you to be proud of what we made together. So, you know, don't ever feel like what we do right now is set in stone. Um, you can always go back and say if you'd like something removed. And personally, I feel like that helps to almost open the lines of communication more because they feel more comfortable speaking to me because they know that I can always go back in and that I'm comfortable going back in and cutting things out if they maybe go on a tangent or it just doesn't, you know, suit them and it doesn't fit what they're looking to build. So I do edit podcasts um, very loosely now. It's it's more comfortable, it's more casual, and I let things flow as they should. Um, but again, when you do your own podcast, feel free to run it the what you know whatever way you feel like running it if you want things chopped up if you want to play music throughout the episode if you want to be more or less comfortable with your guest by all means it's your show your prerogative go for it um now submitting a podcast to itunes and spotify it's very similar and again like this is all information that i googled no one told me how to do this i just kind of figured it out so if i can figure it out i guarantee you that every single person listening can also figure it out and if you can't just dm me i'm happy to answer any questions or to send you the articles that i referenced when i was going through all of this um so for itunes all you do is log into i believe you just log into your your itunes account click on podcast and then there should be a um a sort of a link that says submit a podcast um and then you submit your rss feed from your hosting site so actually i'm gonna go back a bit um when I was looking at sites to, you know, be the hosting site for my podcast, SoundCloud was just a familiar site to me. So I created an account. It was, you know, relatively, it was a little bit on the cheaper side from, from what I remember. However, I do believe I've done a little bit of research now and I think SoundCloud might be one of the more expensive ones people use, um, like I think people are using right now, like Anchor is definitely one that people are using. Um, there's a ton of different sites that you can use to host your podcast. So just do your research. Um, but essentially 
I post my episodes to SoundCloud and then the RSS feed is linked to um, iTunes. So anytime an episode goes up on my SoundCloud account um, in an hour or two, it's up on iTunes and Spotify as well because I did the same thing. So on Spotify, if you go to like your URL account for Spotify, not the actual like app, you have to go on the, the desktop URL. Just log on to your Spotify account, go to the podcast section, and there'll be a link for you to submit your podcast. Um, For Spotify, I'm pretty sure that I was approved like a day later or that same day. And then iTunes, I think, was about 48 hours, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So again, do your research, do what's comfortable for you. And yeah, definitely get it on iTunes and Spotify. I think that was huge for me. Um, A lot of people were really looking for different ways to listen, and that helped make it a little bit more user-friendly for the listeners. In terms of trying to figure out what content you want to talk about, I think that's a big one. Um, For me, it was a no-brainer because I love sharing stories about women in the workplace, female founders, females climbing the corporate ladder. That was just something that I really liked because it was, you know, selfishly something that I really enjoyed talking about myself. Um... I liked discussing how I was able to go from being a, you know, client services coordinator to being the director of a department in just three and a half, four short years. Um, that was really big for me. I, it was one of the highlights of my career. Um, and I wanted to be able to talk about that on a grander scale, but not just myself. I wanted to loop in other people. You know, there, I'm not the only person who was the director of a department at 26 years old, 25, 26 years old, and, and, you know, running millions and millions of dollars of business through four account executives, you know, we were really putting in a ton of work, but I knew that there were so many other women with stories like that. And I wanted to hear from them. And I wanted to hear those war stories of, you know, did you get mistreated? Were there people who didn't want you to succeed? Did you have to push through the lines and and really work your way to the front? Did you have to put your seat at the table, you know, make your own seat at the table? Um, I think that those stories are just so, um, you know, personal and, and vital to the growth of, of society right now. Um, but along with that, you know, I've loved hearing stories over the last couple of years from women who have had male advocates. And I think that those stories tend to sort of fall into the shadows But it's amazing to hear from women who have had amazing careers and are currently having amazing careers because men vouched for them and and men pushed them into the rooms and said, you need to be in this meeting, you need to be a part of this conversation, and and that's huge. So for me, it was a no-brainer on the conversations that I wanted to talk about. And I'm sure you could just hear from the tangent I just went on, like, this is a passion for me. So whatever you decide to embark on, just make sure it's something you enjoy doing. I mean, why create another task for you that isn't something that you're truly passionate about, that isn't something that you want to eat, sleep, and breathe, you know? So that's that's really important for me to to make sure I get that message out. Um, and then as far as like the guests that I have on my show, I have DM'd, emailed, LinkedIn messaged 
every guest that I've had on the show thus far, unless they've been a referral. I mean, my boyfriend sends me so many people on a regular basis. Like this woman seems amazing. This girl's awesome. Like go to this event. Like I'm telling, like he sends me actual calendar invites to events and signs me up for them. Um, so, you know, you can find guests to be on your show from every single part of your life. So just, you know, put yourself out there. Um, when we first announced that Femme Radio was going to be a thing, I mean, you know, people were super excited. And then I realized my actual, like, inner circle were the best people to start interviewing. Um, a friend of a friend, things like that. You know, you don't don't sleep on the fact that people want to share their stories. That is going to be a very important factor in getting guests on the show. Initially, I thought that, like, I was going to have to get crowdfunding because I'm like, how am I going to pay these people to come on this show and share their story? Um, You know, I don't have money for this. And little by little, I started to find out that women just really want to be a part of something um, that's advocating for them. And that's, you know, a kudos to every single person I've had on my show thus far um, because they're not getting anything in return for it. It's not something that, you know, they're getting paid for, they're getting gifts for. It's just, you know, they want to be a part of Femme Radio and they want to be a part of this message. And I'm helping to share their stories and their and their journeys. So don't sleep on the fact that there is a lot of people willing to share their stories with you and that they want to sit with you and have those conversations. So now I want to sort of segue into 2020 what is to come, and what you can expect. So I really hustled. I mean, and I'm not afraid to admit that I am very proud of myself. Like I really hustled in December, in November and December to really get guests um, cleared for the show. So what I do is I'll reach out to a guest, see if they're interested, have them provide me with their email address. If they do provide me with their email address, I will send them an, um, an email directly that states what to expect. So what I typically do is... I will set up a call, a 30-minute intro call to get a, um, a feel for the person and what they do, how they speak to it, and then a sort of a, some idea on how I can craft questions for that particular episode. Then I will you know, take the notes from that intro call. I'll go back to my computer and craft some questions that will take us along their career journey. If they founded a product, it usually goes from like their career journey to, um, you know, what pushed them into entrepreneurship, how they founded their product, the inner workings of it, um, why you would use it, things like that. If there's someone, you know, blazing that trail in corporate America, I'm understanding how they grew up, how they were raised, um, you know, really the psychological inner workings of, you know, how they've been able to achieve what they've been able to achieve and what their goals are. You know, I want to know when I interview a guest what their goals are, what they're looking to do, what's the future like for them. Um, So that's essentially how I start off. So in November and December, I was like crushing intro calls left and right. And I'm literally not afraid to to admit that or say that. Um, and I ended off 2019 with this awesome episode with Colby Shinto. She was one of the youngest females ever certified um, for the NBPA. 
I mean, it's amazing. I literally taped the episode with her when we were in Los Angeles. It was so cool to do an episode like out of my comfort zone and, and out of where I normally do it and in a different state, in a different city. So that was very cool. Um, so I knew immediately like we would have to hit 2020 with some amazing humans. So we really do have like it just in like a wild schedule of women that are going to be released in the upcoming weeks. So just to run through a few of them, Maggie Palmer, she's the founder of Pep Talk Her. If you don't know the app yet, you need to go and download it. It's called Pep Talk Her. We have Simran Kapoor from Communikind, another founder, Sierra and Kelsey from Sporty-ish. So if you're someone who you know wants to get into sports or just wants to have some talking points, they created an entire brand that essentially gives people those talking points that they need to maybe get through the day, contribute to a conversation, or just know like what the heck is going on in sports that day. Um, and then we have my just such an amazing person, Jay Marcel from Girls with Knowledge, another founder and just like a boss ass female, Pamela Delgado from Raleigh Bold, a founder of women's empowerment t-shirts and every purchase donates to three incredible causes. Um, Selena Fletcher, founder of Paper Grades, Kelly Glover, who's had just an amazing career in radio and now she's the founder of Talent Squad, Juliana Featherman from Making Authentic Friendships. She essentially is building an app based on people with disabilities being able to connect with one another. And it's from such a special place in her heart as her brother has autism. So she is going to just be such a breath of fresh air and and she's 23 years old. So like, let's talk about that 30 under 30 list. Marissa Orr, she is the author of Lean Out and she has had an incredible career at Google and Facebook. I mean, just an absolute trailblazer. Can't wait to hear from her. Stephanie Abood from Your Gesture, Christina Broderick from Ignite EDU, Madison Bush McHale, The Point App. I mean, like, let's be serious. Like, this is going to be an incredible year. So if you're not subscribed to Fem Radio yet, you better get subscribed now. You don't want to miss these episodes. We're going to have bi-weekly releases. So the first episode of 2020 with an actual guest is going to be Monday, January 13th. So again, subscribe to Fem Radio. Follow us on LinkedIn. We're actually under Fem Radio by Femtrepreneur on LinkedIn. You could follow us on Facebook under Femtrepreneur. And again, like just follow us on Instagram, Fem underscore Trepreneur, or follow myself, Melissa Goncalves underscore underscore. And yeah, I mean, don't ever hesitate to reach out. I want to build this community. I want to be a voice for the voiceless and share these stories from women who you don't typically get to hear from. I've had enough of those billionaire CEOs telling me how I should start things when they honestly have not been paycheck to paycheck ever in their lives. So let's feature some relatable females. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. And we'll see you on Mondays bi-weekly beginning on January 13th. Do you know any trailblazing females that you think we should be featuring? Send us an email at femt at gmail.com. That's F-E-M-M-E-T-E-E at gmail.com. As always, thank you for your support as we strive to promote the growth of diverse women in all industries. Hashtag get femmed.